St. Warburg's Derby. A long, long time ago lived a man by the name Terra. He had three sons. Tragically, one son died far too early. The second son didn't really get spoken about much because there was a kind of whole intermarriage thing going on. And his third son heard the greatest words ever spoken to man. Not, I love you, or even the buffet's open. But the words, I will bless you. From the voice, from the mouth of God, Abram, as he was then known, heard the words, I will bless you. Words I think that we would all love to hear, long to hear. We all want to be blessed, favoured. We all want a gift to be poured out upon us, a gift of blessing. And it's so powerful because those words come directly from the mouth of God, his creator, the one who has created the universe and everything in it, says to Abraham, I am going to bless you. Terah had taken his son Abraham and his wife Sarai with their grandson Lot from a place called Ur of the Chaldeans to Cana. That's where he was supposed to be going, but he had stopped in a place called Haran. And he'd stayed there for far too long. And eventually, Terah passed away. And that's where we pick up the rest of this story. So we're going to read from Genesis chapter 12. First, first three verses. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for these three verses. We thank you for this incredible announcement that you proclaim to Abraham that he will be blessed. And we ask now, Lord, that you help us to understand why these ancient words speak to us today. So we ask by the power of your spirit that you'll speak into our hearts and minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take a look uh, this morning at why these verses are crucial and how we can step into the blessing that was poured out and pronounced upon Abraham so long ago. But let's start with a little bit of the context. Um, This is Abraham before he changed his name to Abraham, and it's his wife Sarai, and before she became Sarah. um, They are about, at this stage, 75 years old. They've been married for a long time, and they have no children. And at this point and into this moment, God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. 
They've left the Ur of the Chaldeans. They've stopped at Haran. Terah had died in that place. His father had died there. But God said to him, I, will, I want you to keep moving. I want you to keep going. I've called you to go to somewhere else, to leave comfort, to leave your, fa- your father's family and your friends and the whole group of people that would have been with them. Go. Keep moving. God is making a covenant with Abraham. He's entering into this promise. And a covenant is more than just a legal contract. It's more than just a promise. It's, a covenant is like a marriage. It's where two people promise, I'm in this fully and wholly in this moment. And God is making that covenant with Abraham. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, I will bless you. Go. I will bless you, make you into a great nation. But at this point, as I've already said, Abraham has no children. He's 75 years old. Kids have not been on the radar, and yet it has been on their hearts. They have lived with years and years of barrenness, of, of this desired child not coming along, the pain and the emotion that that sat with them. And so you can well believe Abraham hearing this voice from God going, yeah, come on, this is never going to happen. We've got this, these, the many years worth of experience of what it looks like to be us. And you're telling me I'm going to have a great nation. I've got many, a father to many people. It's not going to take place. But the first thing to note this morning is that every move of redemption starts with the voice of God. In the same way that creation came into being by God speaking, redemption happens when God speaks to us. God speaks to Abraham. He tells him to go. It starts with God speaking. He makes the first move and we listen and respond. Abraham responds. He responds in faith. He believes God for a reward that he could not see. He believed that that he would become a great nation. He believed God for what was intangible, that his name would somehow become great and famous. And Abraham's name is. He's probably the most revered name, honored by, by Jews, by Muslims, by Christians. And he believed God in what God would impart, a blessing. Abraham trusted He had faith and he obeyed. He literally stepped into the blessing that God has for him by stepping out from where he was, from stepping out of the comfort that he was living in. So I wonder this morning, what's God speaking to you? What is your redemptive story? I think we all have a shared story that starts with, God calling us. Jesus dying for us on the cross. And at some point in our journey, if you, have, if you would call yourself a Christian, you would say at some point you heard the voice of God. You understood the love that he has for you. The fact that Jesus died for you and rose to new life for you. The fact that you could be in relationship with God now and forever started by God speaking to you. That is our shared 
story, redemptive story, but we all have a personal redemptive story, a sense of a call of what God has for us. When we step into this specific calling that we are, whether we're a teacher, a nurse, a church leader, whatever it may be, that call that says, I'm doing what God wants for me. Have you heard the call on your life and what God is asking for you? Because the blessing comes when we walk in obedience. God promises to bless Abraham, but there is a condition. He had to do what God had called him to do. And this meant leaving home. It meant leaving family. It meant leaving friends to travel to a new land. And as Abraham obeyed and he walked into the new promise that God had greater blessings for him, we also realize that God has a greater blessing for us. God may be trying to lead you into a place of greater blessing this morning, but don't let comfort and security of your current position make you miss out on what God's plans are for your life. Because then here's the second thing. Walking in obedience and getting into the blessing, the blessing is never for you alone. The blessing is always for others. So in the verses, the the covenant that we read, we read that, uh, that God says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing and on all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You see, the covenant with Abraham was never just for Abraham. It was always for others. There's a flow to God's blessing. God pours out his blessing upon us and it flows out from us to the world around us. The more I've thought about this concept of flow, the more I've understood that when things are supposed to flow, a blockage is never a good thing. So you can think about gutters, you can think about drains, you can think about arteries, you could even think about waterworks, for want of a more delicate phrase. A blockage is never good. All it creates is problems and pain. When things are supposed to flow, blockages are not good. Unfortunately, For Abraham's nation, the nation of Israel, as they came behind him, they allowed a blockage to form. We're blessed. We're special. We're chosen. We're God's special nation. They didn't realize that the flow was supposed to be from them to the world around them. They created a blockage. Because there is a top-line blessing in this covenant. I will bless you. But we forget the bottom-line blessing. All people on earth will be blessed through you. So how are we supposed to be blessings to others? I think there's three things, three quick things this morning. The first thing is to walk in obedience, to listen to the voice of God, to the call that he has upon us. That is where we start to walk in the blessing that God has for us. So if you don't know what your, your call is, I encourage you at whatever age and stage you might be to find someone who might be able to help you discern the voice of God over your life to discern the call that he has given and placed within you, and so you can start walking in obedience to it. The second thing is that we need to have a mindset shift that we are blessed to be a blessing. I was trying to think of an example um, 
of a mindset shift that would kind of connect with this. And this is the best example I can give. It may not fully work, but I think it's the difference between an allergy and an intolerance. Right? We all know someone who says that they are intolerant to dairy or they're intolerant to wheat. And I understand some people genuinely are, and I apologize if I'm about to offend you. But we also know people who say they're intolerant, but when they see the cream cake, oh, go on then, I'll just have to deal with the consequences and I'll just eat a little bit of that. We also know people who have an allergy. I will not eat that peanut because if I eat that peanut, I will die. There is a difference of mindset. One that says, oh, I kind of am, but I don't really, I'll work it all out. And there's another one that says, no, this is who I am. And this is how I live my life. We are blessed to be a blessing. We have to get in our mindset that that is our allergy, if you will. That is who we are. That is how we live our life. Not if something tempts us over here, we go in this direction. But we are fully in. We are fully in. And then the third thing, how we bless others, is that we point to Jesus. This covenant with Abraham ultimately is pointing us towards Jesus. All people on earth will be blessed through you is about Jesus. Jesus comes in the the bloodline of Abraham. He is one of his nation. He is one of his children. And that is the ultimate blessing that is poured out upon the world. That we can be in relationship with God. That we can be known, saved, healed, redeemed, cared for, given hope and purpose and meaning because Jesus has come and died our death and lived for, and risen to life so that we may have life in him. That is the ultimate blessing that is coming through Abraham to us. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. If you have that blessing, if you know Jesus as Lord, as Savior, as friend, The way in which we get to be a blessing to the world around us is to point other people to Jesus. That is how we are blessed to be a blessing. In Galatians chapter 3, St. Paul writes this. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham Here it is, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. If you know Jesus, you're one of Abraham's children. And you also get to step into the blessing that was pronounced to him thousands of years ago. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. That you will bless the world around you. That is who we are. Not an intolerance, but an allergy. So may you, this morning, hear once again the call that God has over your life. May you hear his voice, and may you respond in faith and obedience to walk in the blessing that he has for you. But may you go, knowing that you're blessed, to be a blessing to the world around us, because our world needs that. Can you imagine what your world starts to look like as you go and bless your work colleagues, your friends, your neighbours, your family? 
Can you imagine what it looks like if, as, if we as a church pick up this mantle and go and be a blessing to the city of Derby? That is how we see a transformed city. Let's go and do as Abraham did and walk in obedience.